welcome to Joe Talks Comics. This is a podcast where I talk with friends about the comics I've been reading and enjoying lately, plus occasional solo episodes and creator interviews. I keep that in the intro every time, and a few months into the podcast, I actually played off the idea of creator interviews, but 10 months in, almost a year, this is my first solo episode of the podcast, and well, in what will hopefully become a series, so this should be fun. So what I'm calling my casual catch-up episode. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend or just a great day wherever you're listening to this. And it's intended to be shorter episodes released on the weekends. I'll just talk about casually my books that I enjoyed this week and the books that I'm excited for next week. And maybe once a month I'll go over what books I'm excited for in a couple of months' time when the solicitors come out. So I'm going to try and keep it to no more than five picks, depending on how many books I read, how many books I'm excited for, etc. Maybe a couple of honourable mentions here and there. For this first week, this first casual catch-up, I'm going to cover a couple of weeks of comics, because this is my first one, so lots of fun books over the past couple of weeks I've read. So this is books from August 2nd and August 9th, and these will be like a top five at least for the comic books that I've enjoyed. So we'll count down to one. But at number five, for the last couple of weeks, we have Miles Morales, Spider-Man, issue nine. If you've been listening to my monthly roundups, you'll know that I've loved this series ever since it started. And this Hobgoblin storyline over the past couple of issues has been a lot of fun. The artwork is just spectacular, as always. So cinematic and... It's just such a joy to read. It's, when you read a Spider-Man title, you want something that's going to be fluid and dynamic and have colours that really pop and are really vibrant. And this delivers on that. And I think it also delivers really well on the character moments you have with Miles showing his like classic struggles of like, superhero teenager, which is like Spider-Man is at the core of that. And Miles himself is at the core of that nowadays with him being the teenage Spider-Man. So it was really great to, in issue 8, we got a bit of a focus on Miles and Tiana starting their relationship. And then starting off with some like action based on the cliffhanger to the last issue, we get we both get a really nice wrap-up of those threads around what Miles is going through, what he's been through. He's been through a lot with Rabble and Carnage, Reigns, which I both loved, and like, everything over the past 10 years. So it's always cool to see that reflected within the character and to see that all have an impact. And I didn't really have much experience with Hobgoblin, but I thought like it's a great design, I love it, and I love orange as a, a colour, and so he just always seemed really cool for me. So it was great to read about him here as a villain, and I'm intrigued to see where he's going to end up next and where this title was going to end up next. Next we have The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos, issue 2, at number four. This issue one was my pick of the week on the week it came out last month and this was another fantastic issue. I, I really enjoyed how Tate Bumble like, writing this builds out this world or starts to build it out. We've gotten like hints to that through the issues that are solicited but it's really cool to start to see that like, come to fruition with not Dracula Boy in this issue and already we're going heavy on some of the themes established in the first issue about the characters that are other both visually and sort of literally in terms of like Dracula Boy and more like metaphorically and identity wise based on things that are unfortunately present in our real world with like Christopher Chaos himself as a queer neurodi- neurodivergent teen 
and yeah, he is yeah he is interesting. I really enjoyed the introduction to him in issue one as we clear because I'm in it because of the week, but I really enjoyed immediately how they contrasted Dracula Boy with Christopher in this issue and the conflict that was there. It added a nice fun layer, which along with the actual villains of the, the series, it seems I'm excited to see where that all is going to go. And of course, the art by Isaac Goodhart and Mikram Miyoto on colouring and Addiction Bidikart on lettering is just such a joy. Again, it has that that pizzazz to it. It's just really satisfying to look at. It feels, it, it fits the sort of weird, quirky, slightly offbeat feel of the series where there's, you can tell there's almost like a magic in the artwork, but it still feels realistic enough to be. It's animated and expressive, but then it still has those elements of like, that this is something we're going on that it can portray really nicely and it just strikes that balance well. And overall, this is just I was really excited for this and it's been a really great start, so I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I will say I've got to mention the creative team for Mars Morales Spider Man 9. So that is Cody Ziglar writing Federico Vicentini and Federico, sorry, Federico Sabat. On art, Brian Valenza on colours and property on letters. Next at number three for this, so that last couple of weeks, we have KR10, one of my favourite series over the past, well, I guess 10 months or so. And it's been going definitely such an underrated title within Image and just in general on shelves. Every month, I always find myself, my reviews just boiling down to why have you not read this yet? Like, just trying to ways raise awareness even a bit as much as possible and get as, trying to get as much people to read it as possible and it's always satisfying when you run into those people online also do the same and are, are trying to do the same like get people to read this and because there's something just so satisfying about this comic where like an awesome indie pulpy fantasy series written and drawn by Wes Craig, told by Jason Wordy and lettered by Elmot Design, as I say in my League of Comic Geeks review for Kaya issue 10. And the artwork in this issue in particular, I've always enjoyed this artwork in this series, but I really enjoyed how it played with the specific circumstances that Jin is in. There's some weird dreams that escape, the panelling, the how like, the colouring was sort of played with and made it like, unique and refreshing to the main story. It, it really stood out and left an impression on me. And just generally, the like, the poison ends in this arc, it's gorgeous. I feel like it's one of those comics where it's so fun to stop on pages and soak in all of the details of the environment. And the characters are all really interesting and compelling and exciting. And I'm always super eager to see where the adventures of Kea and Jin and the other involved characters go next in this world. If you liked Wes Craig's artwork on something like Deadly Class, it's a completely different series, but you might want to check this out. And equally, if you haven't heard of him, try out Deadly Class. It might not be for everyone, but this is probably going to have more of a wide appeal, especially because it's much more oriented towards... I'm not sure if it's all ages, that's something that I've never been sure about, so I'd be interested to see what, I know there's been questions about it in the league, about whether it'd be suitable for kids and what parents have thought, so, but if you are a parent, let me try it out and see what you think, if you think it's going to be suitable for something to read with your kid, because I think it could be definitely something that could hopefully get someone into comics if it's suitable, because it just, it has that very, like, animated, sort of cartoonish feel to it, which always makes me think of it as like some classic indie cartoon 
that we never saw because it's just in a comic form and it is brilliant simply so i hope you check it out if you fancy that sort of thing because i would really recommend it as with all issues in this list now number two and this is a very close trying to rank these issues because i enjoyed them all so much and trying to figure out what i would pick to be my favorite specifically especially when you're doing it over a couple of weeks and I have pick of the weeks for each week, so trying to establish which of those pick of the weeks I like more. Anyway, Fantastic Four by Ryan North, normally even Quello and Eustace Albertov on colouring, current artwork and Albertov on colouring. This issue features Leonardo Leandro Fernandez, sorry, said that right, apologise if not, on artwork. And that was great as well, but this run has been so unique and so refreshing, and they managed just to strike such a phenomenal balance between telling like unique interesting compelling stories that are so special and managed to both stand on their own there was one on a couple of issues ago that was a two-parter but each issue iron north really surprises me with the new ideas he's going to come up with it always i, I never expected with, with most comics you have a, a rough idea of where the story is going to be going on. Even if you don't have a rough idea necessarily, you sort of get the... You, you know what to expect going into issues. You read certain comics to get certain things. Like, like I had to mention, I read Care for like a nice, cute like fantasy story, and etc. Whereas with Fantastic Four, you obviously you know what you're going into with the characters, but you don't know where North is going to take it, because, as well, each issue has been standalone, which contributes to it, but... This was such a unique and refreshing issue in a part one of that where, without spotting anything, the Fantastic Four don't really appear for lots of it, and how they appear is fascinating. It Again, it just it, it caught me off guard in the best way, like the best issues of this run. Each one somehow managed to be more in, innovative and refreshing than the last, and it's just oh, it's such a delight and so fantastic, and I would, pun intended, and I would really recommend it. Please just go check out this run. It's, it's it's so great. Now, at number one, we have Sacrifices, issue one, by Rick Remender, Max Bayumara, David McCaig, and Lust Wootin. And oh, I, I don't often buy variant covers, but if I had a penny for every time I got a ratio Jenny Frizen cover for an image number one this year by one of my favourite writers, then I would have two pennies, which isn't a lot, but it's fun that it's happened twice, because... When I saw the... I wasn't sure if I was going to pick this up or not. I've got, over the past couple of years, I've managed to catch up on Remender's classic series I hear so much about, like Deadly Class, Seventh Fraternity, more recently Tokyo Ghost, and currently reading the Black Sands Compendium, which are all, like, fantastic. And so I wasn't sure whether I was just going to read this or maybe wait for some sort of collection, but then I managed to... I had a chance, luckily, fortunately, I mean to read an advanced PDF of this. And I didn't have a chance to read it in advance, but the week it came out, a couple of weeks ago now, the start of the month, I was like seeing good reviews and I thought, let's read this, let's see what I think. And it just really struck me. It I couldn't even properly rate it straight away on the comic geeks. So I was like, okay, before I formalise and to help me formalise my thoughts on this, I need to pick up the the physical issue because nothing beats physically for me. I love that I can read like PDFs, review PDFs on my tablet, but physical will, will never be beaten for me. So yes, 
I got the gorgeous Bridgen variant for a great deal, and I read it, and it was even better physically. Such a beautiful issue, like, artistically, with, I mean, if you look at the main cover for the issue, then you can see an example of Vayumara and McCaig on what their artwork looks like. And I like how Romenta talks a bit in the back about, first of all, letting the artwork tell the story, and about the idea of, like, serialised comic books in terms of not just making things like writing things for the trade or writing original graphic novels and collections and omnibuses, etc., which are all, like, fantastic in their own right. Don't get me wrong. But as he said, and he's right, there is something so special about just picking up these 32-page segments or however long they are of stories that are told through weeks and months and years and getting to experience it bit by bit with loads of other amazing people and getting to experience the work of these amazing people. And part of that definitely struck me, but there's just something so alluring to this first issue and to this world, how it sort of teased a bit of it, and that's definitely in part because of the, again, gorgeous artwork, which has that warm feel. It, it feels very, like, majestic and royal, and it, it feels like how a, a, a fantasy book, I, I would imagine it feels, where in, say, like a sci-fi book, I would imagine something that's sort of clean and cold and very, like, technological and, like, the, like, sharp lines and things, but this is a lot more, sort of, like, artistically poetic. That sounds more pretentious than it than it is. Like, it's not, like, the best comic you've ever read, but um, now it makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it that much, which I'm going completely off track. The artwork is gorgeous and perfect for the story, is what I'm trying to say, and we get, sort of, pieces of this world in the first issue of these, like, bird characters of the sacrifices that are needed to maintain this utopia, as the solicit stop says, and as we see a glimpse of. And there's something brutal about the treatment of one of the characters in this issue. And even throughout this short introduction, it's conveyed so strikingly, and it's so impactful that it was def- definitely a five-star first issue for me, and I'm very excited to see where this goes, and it made my pick of the week for August 2nd and the pick of this first casual catch-up. I would recommend checking it out from Image Comics. If you can, I think there's a second printing company if you can't pick up the original printing from your local comic book store or whether you can get your comic. But yeah, and there's so many gorgeous covers for this issue from some of the best artists currently working right now, like Nick Klein, Matteo Scalera, who did like, Science with Romenda, Tula Vite, who did Barnstormers with Scott Snyder, and, well, um, for Dark Horse, and Comicsology, which I need to read. I mean, Mike McNoda, J.H. Williams III, Julian Tedesco, there's just most of the ratio variants, but you, you can look at them online, they are on the local comics, they are gorgeous. And, yeah, there's a couple of different perspectives offered, which contrasts nicely within the issue and acts as a, a really nice, firm, solid base. And I can't wait to see where this series goes. Now, quickly, before I wrap up, I just want to let you know for some of the books that I'm excited about coming next week, the week of 23rd of August, and that's the new comic book day next week. And the first one is The Shrub, number one, by... Ryan Stegman, Kenny Porter, Tyrell Cannon, Mike Spicer, 
from J. Hill, and Image Comics from KLC Press. And I got to read this early, and this was really great fun. I didn't know what to expect at all. I mean, if you just look at the names, like the sharp and you like, look at the, the covers and the solicit, it's, it's wild. And the, the actual story definitely ma- matched that. It was intriguing, as I say in my legal comics pre-review for Final of the Cut-Off a couple of weeks ago. The dynamic art and richly vibrant colours matched the zany, comedic and playful tone of the story really nicely. So thanks again to Tyrell sending that to me when he did last month. And I would definitely recommend picking this up if you're interested, if you just want something that's sort of light and refreshing and entertaining. And again, zany is the premier word here because this looks like it's going to be really fun to sort of dive into each month. And somehow another fresh take on the superhero idea through this lens of, as I described, a failing dentist, Roger Dalton, Blames the world for his problems until his body swapped to the world's greatest superhero. Can Roger save Earth and finally prove to his family he's not a loser? Or are we all doomed? Well, you can find out if you pick up the issue. Uh, Oddly, Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos number 3. That's out next week. As I said, because I enjoyed the first two issues so much. Very excited for that. And how the story of Dracula Boy intertwined with our characters is going to progress here. And as well as Christopher's friends, which I can't remember the name of. But, uh, you know, so... She's great as well. And then a couple of final shout-outs of things that I'm not picking up but you may be interested in. I didn't want to select too many. But Batman Beyond, Neo Gothic, issue two. I, I really want to read this. And the previous series, Neo Gotham, in trade, had come out but because it always seems like such an awesome idea. And I always hear great things about the works of writers Jackson Lanzi and Colin Kenny and Max Dunbar and Sebastian Chung of the artwork. Are the artists and colorists on that, rather. They also have their... Captain America finale, which is the finale to the cap run that's out next week. But I haven't read it, which I've, but I've had a lot of great things. I definitely want to check it out with Carmen Panero and Nolan Woodard or not working coloring there. I can't believe this has finally come uh, come around. It feels like it's come around so quickly because I I remember this when this was first listed and I couldn't believe it was already out. But Immortal Hulk number one by Al Ewing and Martin Kokoro. Coming by Matt Wilson and lettering by Joseph Bino, continuing his second series with the immortal prefix after the Mortal Hulk, which I know was widely claimed. So I know lots of people are excited for this. So if you're a Hulk fan, Al Ewing fan, um, Kokoro fan, Thor fan, check this out. You might enjoy it. We, I'm interested to see what people think of that. I'm not picking it up, but I hear good things. Of course, I'll check it out in collections because I mean, Al Ewing. I've really enjoyed what I've read of his so far. But yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, crossing over with Stranger Things, issue 2, is up next week. It's one I'm excited to check out and trade when it comes out, because I'm a fan of, such a fan of Stranger Things, and a developing fan of TMNT. It seems like a lot of fun, and I heard sort of things about the first issue. So, if you're interested in those two properties, and what they would be like if they crossed over, then check out that series, two issues in. And then, Ice Cream Man, very popular series, image series that comes out every so often I know a lot, of good, a lot of people love including Chris from Austin Comics shout out to him such a great channel and remember this awesome community but yeah another issue of Ice Cream Man out next week I need to I've read some of his of it here and there but I need to get the Sunday editions those like their hog of us collecting the series and properly read it and finally I haven't I've only read the first seven issues of Rogue Sun so I'm not caught up in any way on it 
but I saw when I was looking at the new comics for next week, I saw that Rogue Sun 7 was out, so not 7, 15 even, with a gorgeous, they want a VGO cover, I know I said gorgeous a lot in this episode, but Rogue Sun written by Ryan Parrott, drawn by Abel, talented by Natalia Marquez, and lettered by Becca Carey, and edited by Michael Pesuto. I've, I first found Luana's work with Lovesick. Well, no, no, that's a lie. I found first found her work with Bodero, written by White Kennedy from Image, started last year, and then I read Lovesick exclusively by Luana, and both were mature series, Lovesick even more so, but great, great series. Again, I'm going to say again, gorgeous artwork and com- compelling storylines, disturbing storylines at times, especially with Lovesick, but I was so excited to see that she's doing covers for Rogue Sun since issue 8 now, and they're all just magic words. They're, they're gorgeous. I, I love them. I'm so glad she's getting more work. She recently had an issue in um, Ryan and her drew an issue, not drew, had an issue in the recent Harley Red, White and whatever it's called, Blood or Black, White and Blood. That was that I want to check out, especially because Kelly Thompson had an issue, has a story in there. And I was lucky enough to have her on the podcast this week, so go and check out that episode if you want to hear more about her works on like Black Cloak, uh, Birds of Prey, that's upcoming, and The Cold that came out this week that we, we talked about that we'll probably talk about on next week's episode. But that was a really fun interview, and especially given that Sorry Thorogood is in an upcoming issue of Harley Quinn's that anthology series, Black, White and Red, whatever it's called. Um... So yeah, that should be about it for now. Make sure to go and check out some of my recent episodes of the podcast, including last month, um, Venom by Kate and Stegman with Gorgon from the Sunday Million Year podcast. Great podcast, great person, great run. I had a couple of awesome crazy chit-chats with Mel Cartagena on the plot. Joe Corella talking about his recent works, including Dahlia in the Dark and The Neverending Party. Uh, Kickstarter conversations, including Mark Bell and Strange Ranger, which should be which is currently funding at the moment to go support that, which sure it gets funded. Things like last month at the start, I, t- I finally rounded out the first compendium of The Walking Dead to talk about volumes 5 to 8 of Ashton, aka Red Hood 1124. And make sure to keep up to date on episodes of the podcast. So I've got cool upcoming episodes, including one hopefully next week talking about Giant Days, the first couple dozen issues of that with Glenn Machette been on the podcast before great great friends and that was a really fun episode to record really fun series so you can check that out in a couple of weeks we should have the june july episode with seth romo on his pages and panels on instagram also a member of comic watch he's a great person as well really supportive and actually really supportive of him as well so that's a really fun partnership which i yet to record that but i'm excited to and i know there was a monthly roundup last month so I'd like to talk about a couple of months of comics, trying to focus it on what are only our favourites. And then, of course, there's some upcoming, lots of upcoming creator chit-chats, which I know are always fun to record, and I hope you always enjoy listening to them, plus lots of others that I'm uh, having the works and trying to organise, so we'll do these come through. And I hope that you check out some of these books. I hope you've enjoyed some of the books that you've had lately. I hope you've been able to read some fun stuff, and Again, I hope you're well. And apart from that, I've got nothing else to say, so I'll roll the outro. (music) 
unfortunately that's all we've got time for on this episode i want to thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the episode please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening i would really appreciate it if you want to keep up to date on new episodes please subscribe and if you have any questions comments or suggestions you can email the show at joetalkscomics.gmail.com additionally if you need any back issues ratio variants covariance or just anything in general cool stuff to do with comics you can check out the website for Beaders Thingamajiggets, the comic book store in Fort Collins, Colorado, and most of these comics worked at. And use Joe Loves Comics at checkout to get 15% off. I don't get any money for that. It's just a cool thing for you to use if you want to yeah, check out their site and if you see anything that you like. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Talks Comics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Loves Comics, where we can continue talking comics. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.